The following program is presented to you by the New York State School Boards Association. NISBA's President's Gavel Podcast is supported by the Harris Beach Educational Institution's team of attorneys. Harris Beach successfully represents more than 130 school districts and BOCES clients throughout New York State on matters involving school district operations, labor and employment matters, cybersecurity, and student issues. Learn more at www.harrisbeach.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and the President's Gavel is shining a light on social media and the impact on today's youth. In this episode, we will learn what the research has uncovered and how adults can foster positive youth development through media literacy. Stay with us. Let's call this meeting to order. Hello, everyone. Welcome to NISBA's President's Gavel podcast, a podcast for all school board members. I'm your host, Gail Simidian, Governance Research Analyst at the New York State School Boards Association. Did you know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month? With this in mind, we at NISBA produced this special spotlight episode of the President's Gavel focused on the impact of social media on youth. Over the past few years, whether you've picked up a newspaper, read one online, or tuned in to virtually any news broadcast, no doubt you've heard at least one story about social media's harmful effects on teenagers. Today's episode will spotlight this topic by highlighting research about teenagers' own perspectives regarding social media use and research from media scholars will explain how adults can help support youth via media literacy to scaffold positive youth development and healthy hearts and minds. A few weeks ago, while the actress Jennifer Garner was discussing one of her film projects on the Today Show, Hoda and Savannah asked her about her parenting regarding social media use that they want to emulate. Show me the research, says Gardner, to her three kids, that shows that social media is healthy for teens. Then we'll talk. Gardner is like many parents who question the impact of social media on teens. Well, in today's podcast, we're going to take a deeper dive into some of that very social media research. Recent U.S. teen survey and focus group data from Pew Research highlights the self-reported impact social media is having on teenagers. In general, most teens use social media for three C's, connection, creativity, and care when needed. Most say they feel neutral about social media's impact on their lives. Roughly a third cite positive impacts, with just under 10% citing negative concerns. Out of those teens who enjoy the social media experience, making social connections, learning, and less so, though in third place, entertainment is what they enjoy most about the platforms. When it comes to how social media affects teens, 
girls tend to be negatively affected more by drama on social media than boys, though boys are affected too. Girls tend to experience a feeling of being left out more than boys, and with a closer percentage point difference, they feel pressure to obtain likes on posts. When asked about negative impacts of social media, a greater percentage of adolescents indicated that social media tends to have a negative impact on others more so than themselves. Less than 10% say social media has had a negative impact on their own lives, and roughly a third of teens mention that impact as positive. How do teens size up their parents' social media worries? While well, 41% say parents don't really worry about their time on social media platforms, and a much smaller percentage, 22%, say their parents worry a lot. Now, mind you, only about a quarter of teens mention social media as more detrimental than parents say, while nearly 40% indicate social media use for them exceeds parents' notions. Roughly a third of teens think parents' views about social media are on track. Now let's switch gears a bit. Can you guess what adolescents post on social media? Top posts concern accomplishments and family, according to the research. When considering what not to post, embarrassment is a key factor in decision-making. While 40% of adolescents say this, older females express it more. Interestingly, teens surveyed tend to see any bad influence of using social media as affecting their peers more than themselves, saying social media is neither a positive nor a poor influence on them. Out of the teens who indicate they benefit from social media, making connections and then learning are the top takeaways they cite, with entertainment ranking third. Of note, these media platforms tend to provide non-white youth with more support and belonging. And in terms of mental health concerns, out of the less than 10% of adolescents who view social media as a bad influence on them, the second most cited reason for this viewpoint is possible mental health concerns. In terms of social media use and gender differences, adolescent females tend to be more negatively impacted by feeling left out or bad about themselves. Finally, focus group data highlights that teens value connections forged through social media platforms, though they're wary of insecurities about their looks or lifestyles. Teens also switch up their social media platform use per purpose. For example, Snapchat is a platform for communication, TikTok is a fun learning vehicle, and Instagram is a visual way to catch up on what's happening with peers. And rounding out this data is no doubt a little surprise. While just over 50% of teens said it would be difficult to stop using social media, 46% indicated it would be a cinch. Let's now turn to what media scholars say about the impact of social media on Gen Z teenagers and best practices to employ to promote youth well-being and smart media literacy habits. First, it's important to note that social media is ripe for adolescent development, as identity formation is a hallmark of teen life, say Harvard scholars Dr. Emily Weinstein and Dr. Carrie James, who emphasize research that shows that different times in adolescence can be riskier than others as it relates to high dosage social media activity. 
females can be at greater risk during the ages of 11 to 13, while 14 to 15 years of age is risky for teenage males. Puberty could factor into this, say these scholars, who note that the age of 19 is also a sensitive age for both males and females. Now it's important, they say, to remember that there can be both healthy and non-healthy aspects of social media for the same teenager. So Weinstein and James call on adults to stop making assumptions about how teens are impacted by social media. And in their words, instead, ask the teens in your life what's happening for them behind the screen and strive for empathy over eye rolling as you listen. Similar advice is echoed by Dr. Julie Dobrow, a film and media studies faculty member and lecturer in child study and human development at Tufts University. Dobrow advises parents to lean into children's social media use. Just do it in a mindful manner to help them make safe and smart decisions rather than barring or limiting them from using it. In an article for Tufts Now, Dobrow offers advice for parents to support the development of, in her words, a media literate human being. Like Weinstein and James, Dobrow tells parents to converse with kids about social media. Try to reserve judgment too, she says. And also parents need to talk the talk and walk the walk. They need to model healthy media habits for their kids. Parents who want more direction about how to do so can find resources at Common Sense Media. Parents should emphasize the possible outcomes of posting online to their children and ensure that children, as well as adults, do not reveal a child's specific location in public posts. In addition, have your child teach you about media platforms. Kids will enjoy this process and it will undoubtedly enhance the parent-child relationship. Finally, while we know some things about social media's impact on teens, there are challenges with this type of research. According to the Senior Director of Research at Common Sense Media, the nonprofit Dobra recommended, this research is still in its infancy, he notes in a 2022 EdSurge article. And sometimes different studies show different effects. Could it be, he notes, that teens with poor mental health tend to use social media more? Social media use casts a wide net for myriad online actions that are both passive and active. According to researchers, it's important to piece these apart to effectively intervene. Researchers are also starting to utilize more effective methodologies for understanding the impact of social media on youth, which is still challenging since media platforms often morph and children's rapid development during adolescence can quickly close the opportunity to study this critical time period. Before we close, here are three takeaways from today's episode. Don't make assumptions about teen social media use. Talk to teens and hear directly from them about their media experiences. One of the best ways to help teenagers develop media literacy is to model healthy and effective behavior yourself. And research on this topic is still in its infancy be mindful of the research challenges. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this Spotlight episode on the impact of social media on teenagers. I hope you enjoyed our time together. If you're interested in learning more about today's topic, check out today's show notes for additional resources. And if you enjoyed today's conversation or find yourself tuning in each month, head over to NISBA's Facebook or Twitter and show us your support by giving us a like. 
have a topic idea, email us at gavel at nisba.org. And this meeting is now adjourned. I would also like to thank my NISBA colleagues working behind the scenes, making it possible to bring this podcast to you. Thank you, Megan DeGenero, Al Marlin, and Alyssa Maiello. My name is Gail Simidian, Governance Research Analyst at the New York State School Boards Association, and this has been a production of NISBA's President's Gavel. Mm-hmm.